Last time on Leighton Legends. 20. You're going to jail, Bart. All right, you manage to get some cuffs <laughs> on his arms. You kind of pull them around his back and you cuff him. Tonight on guards. You're going to jail. Mordecai is eating turkey. You two have managed to apprehend a single guy. There is a corpse on the ground over here. <laughs> I just slap him out of hand just for being a real tough customer. All right, let's interrogate this mother, this mof, dude, this bad, this rude dude. <laughs> All right, I'd like to start interrogating this goon now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, describe to me what that looks like. Let's sit him down. Hey, All right, you? Val, sit him down. Let's sit him down. Sit, sit him down. Yeah, sit him down. He sits down. Val, cut off a finger or something. I can't. Uh, I, I can't torture people because I'm a paladin. Whoa. But if you do like hit oh, point damage to him, I can heal him back. We can make this really twisted. I'm gonna cast Misty Step on him and uh, let him teleport 30 feet away from these guys. And the door opens, and down the stairs comes a elf woman. The three of you follow Lieutenant Black back to the garrison flanked by her two guards. With you also come Geo's two guard bro friends who were supposed to be guarding the door to your room in the Husky Stag, as you found them passed out spooning each other when you left. The streets are quiet, and it's quite late as you make your way back. Snow is melting along the road, leaving dirty puddles on the cobblestones. You feel your legs wandering as you walk back, no doubt a product of too much drink. You're all sort of wandering in different directions. But fortunately, you manage to somewhat counteract this effect by holding on to each other with Val in the middle and Mordecai and Geo on either side. After an indistinguishable amount of time, you find yourselves back at the garrison. Leaving the two guards in the courtyard, Lieutenant Black escorts you back to your room in the dorm. You three, go to bed. Tomorrow morning, we will have a conversation with Captain Jen. Sorry, who are you again? <laughs> My name is Lieutenant Elizabeth Black. Sorry about your shoes. Uh, I, I don't think I'll be staying at the garrison this evening. I just came back to make sure Mordecai got to bed. Okay. The night's still young for me. <laughs> is that so? Yes, I have other matters I have to attend to. And what matters are those, Giovanni? None of your business. It's church stuff. <laughs> I am your lieutenant, Giovanni. And I am drunk. And I've, it's my day off still, so I would appreciate it if uh, I would just be allowed to leave. Until further notice, Giovanni, Val, and Mordecai, you are to stay in your rooms. Tomorrow morning, we have to discuss what happened at the Husky Stag this evening. Oh, Lord. Is that an order or a request, Lieutenant? Lieutenant Black looks at you, and she very kind of steadfast makes eye contact. That, Giovanni, is an order. Okay. Can't, uh, can't argue with that, being a paladin and all. No, you're, a, you're a real smart-talking <laughs> drunk, Gio. Yeah, it's war it wears off very quickly, the byproduct <laughs> of having a relatively high constitution. This guy's really well composed. It comes in waves. All right, all three of you make constitution saving throws. Are those turkey thighs coming back up? <laughs> I just hope there's a window that Mordecai can throw up out of. <laughs> that would be a 14. How did I do here? Four. 
Jesus. <laughs> That's an 11 for Val. Giovanni's like me in real life. Totally composed on the outside, super drunk on the inside. <laughs> Mordecai, Val, you guys managed to kind of hold it together as you feel rumbling in your belly. Giovanni, you have to hurl. I suppose you throw up right on Lieutenant Black's shoes. You look up at her after you do that. She's looking down at you. Is she that tall? She's a pretty tall elf. She's at least your height. Oh, okay. I didn't just, like, stand up and go, throw up out of my mouth. <laughs> no, you managed to, to, like, you weren't just standing straight and, like, projectile vomited on her. No, you you had the decency to kind of lean down and throw up on her shoes. She doesn't look happy, though. She's looking down at you and she says, Giovanni, get some rest. We'll speak in the morning. And with that, she turns around and she walks back down the hallway of the dorms. Bye, babe. <laughs> She doesn't respond. <laughs> I didn't expect as much. Jesus, Val. How long has it been since you've seen another elf? Calm down. Been a while, man. Don't you worry. Don't, don't you mind. I thought you only reserved yourself for trees. <laughs> I think she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think you suck. <laughs> I don't care. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take that letter out of my coat and I'm going to smack Giovanni in the face with it. Be like, explain this. Oh, we're f- doing this now. All right. <laughs> yeah. This is not how I wanted today to go. Can I read it a little bit? This this letter is only partially true. <laughs> what about what about the murder? I murdered quite a few people. I Most justified, mostly bandits in the countryside, but uh, there's, there's just so many inaccuracies here. I'm not even going to try to defend this letter. Where did you get this from? I don't gotta tell you nothing, murderer. <laughs> hey, don't, don't be throwing the M word around, okay? <laughs> Mur- murderer <laughs> is not offensive to me. I'm a paladin. I'll vanquish any, every I do, I do for a greater cause. If some law establishment wants to consider it murder, that's murder. But this document, I believe, to be false. I mean, we we legitimately work for a law enforcement group, Giovanni. Well, you guys have much more unscrupulous past than I. So, I mean... Hey, hey, I ain't killed nobody. Not No blood on my hands. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I wish I could say the same. You're telling me you've never killed anybody before? <laughs> no! Man, I I do magic tricks in the street for money. Like <laughs> now, how many how many people have you vanquished? Oh, uh, well, uh, one tonight. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so um, let's not throw the M word around. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty sheepish. I th- I I'm not looking forward to tomorrow at all, at all. <laughs> I'm hoping that they are part of a larger crime circle and we could establish that and <laughs> or I, I might be out of a job. <laughs> Perhaps you should speak with Mordecai about some planting evidence or making up some paperwork to maybe cover your tracks because uh, there seems to be there seems to be a false document here that he's obtained. So give me one good reason why I shouldn't give this to the boss. <laughs> Do it. I don't care. They probably already have it on file. You know what? That's actually a really good point. (laughs) (laughs) They've done background checks on all of us because of your unscrupulous past. Tarnishing my good name. No, no, no. They they did Val and me. They let you walk around. Uh, Yep, that Mm. that might be true. But regardless, I've killed 
tens of people. I've lost count. The the quest of the great turkey monster alone. Uh, the whole <laughs> tens of people. I, it's hard to say. That's why I drink so much. <laughs> Sidebar, please let there be a giant turkey monster at some point. We've got a smoking turkey gun here. I've, I've just noticed I keep referencing this turkey incident because I think Josh made it up when I was meeting my parents. I just keep like making it a grander and grander thing in my backstory. Part of me never wants to address it ever. Like, I just want you to keep referencing it and have no, and just leave it up to the audience imagination. Yeah, I like that. <sighs> I'm unfazed by this letter, but not really, though, because I'm like, why, why, why does Mordecai have this? And what's, what's, what's going on here? There's something you're not telling us, Morty. Out with it. <sighs> See, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight if I can already. <laughs> Elves don't sleep, <laughs> you meditate. Jesus, oh, how drunk are you? I try to put it in terms you mortals can understand. <laughs> Wait, are elves immortal? Or do they just live for a long time? In, like, Tolkien mythology, they live forever. In Dungeons & Dragons, they can live up to, like, a century, I think. Well, I'm 250. You're special. <laughs> Chosen. We'll see. We'll see. By the wood god. I don't know. <laughs> it's Val... Val, I trust. You and I, Geo. I don't know what you're all about other than this object, malarkey. That's really it. I'm a very one-dimensional person. <laughs> yeah, I got that, the, the zealot part, but I don't know. There's always been something about you that just irked me the wrong way. Maybe it's the fact that uh, you call Val and me lowlifes any chance you get, but right here's a piece of paper that says you're just as bad, if not worse. Yes, but, I mean, I haven't worked for a crime lord directly in any sort of way. I mean, I took a bribe from him, but... There's 456 counts of intimidating officials. <laughs> you should know that to be false. We work together on a daily basis. That's the most true thing on here. You intimidate everyone. Intentionally. So wouldn't it the number be higher, then? I haven't known you that long. Can I pull out my notebook where I keep track of all my uh, my, uh, my unlawful infractions that I make for the greater good? It's all in Fortnite. <laughs> I was going to say, there's at least 447 half Fortnite's worth of infractions I've marked in my own book. But I don't call them intimidations. I call them righteous interventions. Mm. <laughs> Much like the Renlin criminal code, the law is meant to be interpreted and uh, misunderstood and misunderstood. Uh, the whatever whim helps protect the people of Renlin at better. Is it not? I suppose. Uh, man, it's hard to argue with you when I've had this many drinks. Oh my god. Uh, In many ways, we work outside of the official channels too, boys. It's true. That is true. Morty just even said, like, just keep the lich thing under our hat because people will think we're nuts. I don't remember saying that. I, oh, you mean the old guy. <laughs> I think sometimes good men have to do wicked things to achieve righteousness. I think is what Gio is saying. And given the circumstances of the past weeks and certainly tonight, I think uh, that's going to soothe my soul. Okay. Give me some inner peace tonight. You did kill someone in cold blood today. Though. Hardly cold blood. <laughs> to try to justify that one. You're just trying to make yourself feel better about murdering a guy in a bar <laughs> oh. Enough with the murder word. <laughs> you, you went full Swayze on that, dude. 
you struck down an unarmed guy. You pulled out a sword and slashed him down in a bar. Well, I mean, they were armed with clubs. <laughs> and then you <sighs> shot two more. Yeah. Busted a collarbone. Yeah, well, I was. Jesus. Yeah, Bell was really on a rampage. Those guys might die from infection down the road. I was. I was. I was hoping to sting that guy on the way out. I, I did say that. And <laughs> again, great. The greater good. I think. To be fair, I may have heard one of the men accosting us call Val a dirty forest elf, which you know, I'm not down with that sort of uh, that sort of language. I'm gonna write that in my my book. I've got one question for the both of you. Okay. Shoot. And how you answer is going to determine what I tell you. Are we the bad guys? No, boy. Absolutely not. We are not the bad guys. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Can I do, like, uh, an insight on both of them <laughs> to see how, like, how <laughs> honest they're being with me? Yeah, sure. I got a 13. I think as best you can tell, these guys are being honest to you. You are uncertain about what they understand to be good and bad, but you know that they believe whatever it is that they're telling you. Okay. See, Mordecai's got these trust issues. He's He's been a, a one-man show for a very long time. He has a hard time letting people in. I mean, hell, I accosted Val three episodes in. Uh, to be fair, Val was accosting you as well. So he was spying on you also. So yeah. that was. <laughs> it seems kind of justified. So I mean, like this is good character motivation. <laughs> the thing with me is like the only person I've really been able to trust for a long time was Bolster, right? Like mm. he was paying me. He was giving me steady work. Like he never outwardly lied to me. Like what he said the deal was was what the deal was, right? There was that there, and then he gives me this thing, and he's the only person that I really trust. It's like. How legitimate is this this piece of paper? I guess I'll, yeah, I'll just describe everything that uh, happened in Hanzon to the guys. Uh, Bolster was in a mud bath. Ah! Don't ask for details. I didn't look. Just just say when. Just say when. Just Jesus say Christ. When. <laughs> uh, for those of you at home, Gio was just holding his hands close together and kind of pulling them further and further apart. You, you got to understand, he's he's been the one that... Uh, Basically kept me alive on the streets for quite a while. So uh, he paid me uh, a decent bag of coin to slide this onto Captain Jen's desk. I figured I'd bug you first, but with that whole murder clause. <laughs> yes, the M word, Val. Looking at you. I wasn't so sure. Don't you see that by presenting Captain Jen with that note from Bolster, she may expel you from the guard for still maintaining contact with him? To be honest, I don't really give a crap. <laughs> I figured as much, and I appreciate you bringing it to me. In the future, I will try to refrain from calling you scum, lowlife, heathen, ill-repentant, buffoon, uh, party trick Anytime wizard, now. Uh, and among, among other things I've called. <laughs> uh, yes, I will, I will do better. Giovanni, you do realize that we're basically cut from a very similar cloth. You are the my only real friends. The bros do not count. Okay. I'm starting to think they find me annoying. And <laughs> I mean, they spooned without you. I know. And that's, I'm still reeling from that. And it's okay. It's okay. We'll still have shower times. I'm sure. <laughs> but for realsies, you two are my only friends in the world. Well, I guess Mames, but she kind of has to be because she's my sister. Blood. 
And my mom is kind of my you friend. You kind of got well. that whole sibling rivalry thing going on. But not Joel. Not Joel, though. I completely forgot about Joel. Uh, I'm, I assumed he was dead. Uh, He's but... still at the <laughs> clinic. Like <laughs> I thought he was at the, uh, the, 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 the barracks now. The infirmary, guys. Yeah. Oh, oh. I thought we left him at Hans on, to be honest. No. He's at the infirmary. He's been stabilizing the infirmary. We visited him several times. What? Maybe. Hey. Well, we're all talking civilly, and we've got this whole murder discussion behind us. And it's a good thing, too, because Val might be dealing with some really serious repercussions tomorrow morning. Yes. Um, what do you guys make of the new lieutenant, other than her stunning elvish charms? Um, to be honest, I just threw up on her boots, so... Uh, <laughs> I thought I did that. <laughs> no, we both did. That happened. Oh. That was a thing. All I noticed was her stunning elvish charm. <laughs> I think she's stern. Is there any way we can roll like a history or something to know if we know about her or anything about her? Or did she just kind of come out of nowhere? She did come out of nowhere. The Randland City Guard can't be that big a a unit, you know? And if they're bringing in outside help, I feel like that'd be a kind of a big dealie. I was under the impression she was new. You haven't seen her around the garrison. Roll a history check, each of you, though. 14. Ooh. Five. That's a nine for Val. All right. So Val and Mordecai, you're not familiar with Lieutenant Black. You've never seen her around the garrison. You've never heard of her in any of the social circles within Renlin. Geo, however, you come from a fairly well-off merchant family. You are noble in some capacity, not necessarily up with the elites of courtly nobility, but you are familiar with people in that circle, and sometimes you do rub shoulders with them. And you have heard the name Lieutenant Black before, but you're not necessarily aware of where exactly you have heard that name from or what circle she moved in. I can tell you boys one thing about this Captain Black. She comes from nobility, and therefore... Probably has not had to work too hard to get to her station, unlike myself. I started from the very bottom because I did the church way. Yeah, now you're here. Wow. Beautiful and rich. <laughs> <laughs> Giovanni, um, why did you want to get out of here so bad? Mm, I honestly just think I'm developing a problem with authority. <laughs> you are hanging out with me. Yes, maybe you guys are rubbing off on me more than I'm rubbing off on you. Let's stop talking about rubbing off. Um, I think I can get us out of here for the night. <laughs> I mostly just wanted to go to the church and pray. That's not something you two would be interested in anyway. You want to borrow my sheet? <laughs> uh, is that a euphemism? <laughs> the spectral one. Remember, you poked the hole in the butt. Oh, yeah, your, your butthole sheet. Uh, no, that's okay. I think I'll just go to bed. <laughs> All right, whatever. Yeah, with all due respect, Mordecai, I think I'd just like to gather my myself for the morning. I'm really, really, really not looking forward to this meeting. Yes, I fear we will have a reckoning. Yeah, reckoning is the right word, I think. <laughs> Does anybody know any spells for uh, not having a hangover in the morning? I've heard that a drop of senior clean <laughs> applied mixed in with a goblet of water, then immediately thrown up will cure whatever ails you but I don't know if I'm feeling up to it to try. Yeah, no, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, good night. All right, so I presume that the three of you head to your bunks and go to sleep? 
Quick sidebar, Josh. Is there any possible positive outcome from to come to me from drinking a drop of Senior Clean mixed in with water and then throwing it up immediately? <laughs> possible good outcomes. Well, no. Also, are we just going to leave all that vomit on the floor? It's up to you, man. Uh, I'll clean up the vomit with the Senior Clean and then go to bed. <laughs> Okay. Very responsible. Very responsible. Uh, well, that's very nice of you, Giovanni. The floor now has a plus one charisma. The floor. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had that before the lieutenant came to speak with us. If, if you only you had some senior clean immediately on hand that you could have just thrown on her boot. <laughs> that being said, it may have eaten away at the boot. Who's to say what will happen? Me, I guess. I keep forgetting I'm in charge <laughs> here. Okay. So the three of you, you kind of prepare yourselves for bed. Mordecai, you slip down to your PJs, the ones with the little butt flaps on the back. Hell yeah. Val, you get into your little hempen robe. Giovanni, you're just naked after cleaning up the vomit. I'm not sure if you got naked first, then cleaned the vomit up, or if you cleaned the vomit up and then got naked. Yeah, because that's it's easier to wash stuff off your skin than out of your clothes, so obviously I get naked yeah, first. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. So Val and Mordecai, you see Giovanni naked bending over. I see nothing. This, okay, yeah you, yeah, you pull your mask up a little bit higher, Mordecai, and just kind of cover your eyes a bit as you go to lay down. At this point, you guys should be experts in avoid, and like averting your gaze, or just be completely used to seeing the naked form of Giovanni. I I think you've got a new mole. <laughs> Should get that looked at. <laughs> not, not, not getting into that. <laughs> All right. And the three of you head off to bed. You close your eyes and you drift off to a somewhat vertigo-induced sleep as the alcohol continues working its way through your body. At some point, and you're not exactly sure when it happens, Val, you rouse yourself in your elven meditation sleep. But you find that you're not in your bed at the dorm. Oh, God. Instead, you seem to be in a hammock, suspended between two load-bearing beams. Looking around you, you see that there are hammocks everywhere, lined between beams spaced around the room in a neat grid pattern. The room itself is bare, other than these hammocks and your elf eyes can tell that there is no natural light here, as everything is dimmed in grayscale. The floor, ceiling, and walls are all wood, and you can make out a single door at the end of the room. Val, what do you do? Whoa. Uh, what the heck? Must have been all I drank last night. Um, am I like, aware that I'm in like a different spot, or seemingly a different place? Can I roll perception to see if I'm dreaming, or, or if I recognize this place at all, or...? Could you roll a wisdom check? Wisdom. Yeah, okay. Works better for me. Ooh, Val comes up with a 19. Nice. Good throw. So you can tell that this is certainly not where you fell asleep last night. You can remember exactly where you were. You were in the dorms at the garrison. Mm -hmm. You're waking up now to a completely new room, though it feels different. It doesn't feel normal to you. It doesn't feel like a real room okay um i guess i'd like to try and make my way to the door i suppose try the door okay so you get up from your little hammock and you stand on the wooden ground and you look down this long corridor between hammocks and you see this door at the end of the room you are walking your way there and you feel like the room is sort of moving around you in some ways 
you're not necessarily passing through it, but rather that it is passing around you. You see the door in front of you. It's a fairly large door. There's a circular little window in the center of it, though you can't see through it. It's completely blacked out. Not by paint or anything. There's just no light coming through it. And you're standing here in front of this door. Is there a, like a knocker or is it a knob or... There's is... no knocker on it, but there is a door handle to open it. Uh, let's try it, please. You grab the door handle and you push outwards. It doesn't seem to pull in towards yourself, but it does give way as you push into it. And as you do, your eyes are completely overwhelmed by the amount of light that's coming through. It's very bright. And you can't see it first, but as your eyes adjust to it, you begin to see that all around you is wheat. Fields and fields of wheat as far as the eye can see. It rounds on hills on either side, and in front of you, maybe a hundred feet up ahead, there is a large hill that if you were to climb up to it, you could probably see over the rest of this area. I'd like to make my way to the hill then, and just try and orientate myself. Of course. You begin walking up this hill in front of you, passing through the wheat as you do. Could I have you roll a perception check? Sure. I'd like to just kind of like just start kind of hum to myself like the hymn of Mother Renlin, surrounded by her bountiful harvest. <laughs> ah, 17. Awesome. You're looking around you at the wheat, and for the most part, it's golden and it's beautiful and it's ready to be harvested. But something does catch your eye. Two things actually catch your eye. The first one is a very small patch of wheat just off in front of you to the right. And you can see that it's a little bit darker than the rest of this wheat. It is not golden and bright and lively. It's dark and almost moldy in some way. It's looking unclean and it's looking very gross to you. It seems unnatural and that it shouldn't be in this place. The second thing that you notice is that there are figures at the top of this hill. Off in the distance, you can make out the outline of what you think is a humanoid, and they seem to almost blend into the wheat, and they don't kind of distinguish themselves quite as much from it. And then there's another figure that is up there that is lower to the ground, but from the distance that you're at, you can't quite make them out. Okay. I'd like to just proceed towards these figures, I guess, or call out to them, like, hey, see if they hear me. Okay. You call out to them. And you don't hear anything back, but they kind of turn away from each other. It looked like they were facing each other, and they look back at you. Do you continue to make your way up to them? Yeah. If, yeah, if they're not going to answer me, I'll, I'll go to them, I suppose. Okay. You continue walking up to them, to the top this of the is hill. the top of the hill now? You're almost there, almost at the top. Gotcha. And again, it's kind of that weird sensation, like when you were in the other room. It's like you're not necessarily moving through the wheat. It's rather that the wheat is moving around you. And as you continue to walk, you notice that that same patch of darkened wheat seems to be following you through the wheat. It's really kind of weird. It's not like it's staying behind you where you would expect it to be if it was in one place. It's almost like it's staying at this periphery area of your vision. And as you continue walking up the hill, it's continuing to move itself along. And as you approach the top of the hill, you notice that standing on top of the hill, is a very tall, a very pale, naked elf man. And next to him is a gray husky. Hmm. And they're both staring at you. 
Well, I'm certainly staring at them. <laughs> um, hail and well met. The elf man is, like I said, very pale. His skin is almost matching the color of the wheat in a weird way. It's blending into it very seamlessly. And the wheat is just conveniently hiding his groin, so you can't necessarily make that out. But you could tell that he was naked. Boo! He doesn't seem ashamed of himself. He doesn't seem to be covering himself up at all. But he looks deep at you, and he's making eye contact with you. And you can see that his eyes are not like other eyes. They're not like human eyes. They're not like dwarf eyes. And they don't even look like elf eyes. There are some old elves within your race that seem to have a unique impression about them that make them seem vast and endless and powerful in the world around them. And even these eyes don't match them, but they're the closest thing that you can figure out to where these eyes, you would remember them from. Could I have you roll a religion check? Yeah, of course. One second. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, wow, killing it today. Uh, that's an 18 for religion. Val... You spent a lot of your younger life at the Temple of the Moon. This, as you described it, was a temple that was dealing mostly with the worship of celestial forces in the sky mm -hmm. and of the stars and of the moons around you. Growing up there, you didn't worship a lot of elven gods. You were aware of them. You were aware of the pantheon. The main teachings of the Temple of the Moon was that the flow of time on Earth can be predicted and controlled using the powers of celestial forces. So it was a very kind of broad spectrum of things that this temple taught. You, yourself, were unsettled by that and wanted to go out into nature and explore the impact of nature on the flow of the world. I'd also like to say that the orgies got a little too wild. <laughs> In front of you, Val is a figure that you recognize. You recognize them from books and from statues. And you recognize them as Corellan Lorethienne, the first of the elves. This is a figure that has undergone a lot of artistic interpretations over the course of elvish civilization. But you know that name, and that name comes to you in your head as you look at this person. They're looking back at you. What do you do? <laughs> Am I dead? I want to ask him if I'm dead, if I've died. Like this is like, like this is like the other the other side or something like that. <laughs> he smiles at you as you say that to him, and he kind of nods his head from side to side, indicating that no, you are not dead. He doesn't say he doesn't say anything verbally though. No. Okay. Hmm. Can I read out, reach out and pet his dog? Sure. Yeah. The dog actually kind of approaches you and okay. it kind of licks at your hand and you pet it and it's adorable and cute. The dog kind of turns around and comes back to Lorethian and he looks at you again and he raises his left arm and points off in the distance to where the dark spot of wheat is. And you can see that though you have stopped to meet with Lorethian, the dark spot has continued moving. Towards us? No, not towards you, but off in the distance. Okay. Are you saying that I've got to vanquish the rot? He nods at you, though you can see that he's not entirely satisfied with that response. 
he continues pointing with his left hand, but he brings his right hand up and kind of gently sways it to his left as though he was indicating for you to go that way. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I could, I'll take a hint. Um, I was thinking about trying, just trying to find the right spell. I, am I able to do like an action at all? Sure. I mean, whatever you want to do. I'm just trying to find the right spell. Like it's um, Druidcraft. I, I was thinking I wanted to do that earlier, but now I've kind of got some indication from my, my friend here just to try and see if I can't make it healthy to match the rest of this beautiful field. Sure. Though, I should mention that you are too far away to do anything to it right now. It's continuing to move further and further away now. And if you were to not follow it, you might lose sight of it altogether. Can I close with it if I start to run? You might be able to. I'm, I'm going to just, okay, start booking it. So with with Nerdu a, a farewell or anything, Val just kind of starts rushing after the dark spot in the wheat as it continues to move off into the distance. everyone and welcome back to another episode of late and legends just a few announcements today if you're interested in hearing more about late and legends check out our new website www.lateandlegends.com where we'll be keeping a schedule of our episodes as well as merchandise and additional content for listeners if you'd like to support late and legends join us over on patreon we have a number of reward tiers for patrons and there is no pressure to stick around if you'd like but we'd love your help Additionally, if you can, please like Late and Legends on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and leave us a review on Facebook or iTunes. These reviews really help our podcast get out into the internet and find new listeners. If you'd like to become a character in Late and Legends, like and share the podcast in any of our social media feeds using the hashtag Late and Legends, lowercase, all one word, and you might just find that your name pops up in the adventure. Additionally, we have been working on a new sort of side project. Brennan has primarily been spearheading it, but what we are doing is we're going back through all of our season one content and making YouTube videos for them. Those are being released every Wednesday, just like this podcast, and we hope you enjoy them. That's all for now. Let's get back into the adventure. Mordecai, you wake up. It must be around four or five o'clock in the morning now. You're not necessarily sure, but you know that you haven't really slept too long. And you didn't sleep too long because you have a mission. Okay, let's do this. I'm going to slap myself in the face a couple of times. All right, come on. Mordecai, I need you to roll a stealth check. Stealth check. 17. Okay. I was comparing that to everybody's passive wisdom because they are not conscious right now to see if you were going to wake anybody up. (laughs) But your slapping was kept close enough to your face that you did not make a strong enough noise to wake everyone up. (laughs) All right, cool, cool. In our little barracks room, is there, like, we still have that table 
and chair, whatever, at the end of the hall, right? Yeah, so your room is composed of four bunks, two bunk beds on either side of the room. There's a small window at the far end that is up at the top. It's big enough to kind of let light in and let you look out, but not big enough for a person to move through. You have a small little furnace in the right-hand corner of the room. On the left-hand corner, there is a table sitting by a door in which you would exit or enter into this room from. Okay. Trying to decide whether I should attempt to forge bolster signature without my forgery kit or just go and see Jen. I think I'll try and sneakily make my way out of the barracks for now and head towards Jen's office. Sure. Are you doing anything before you do that? Are you just like leaving through the front door and making your way into the hallway? Let's go out the front door. Okay. All right. So you leave your room in the dorm and you enter into the hallway that adjoins all the dorms. Remember, this is the place where you found Joel. This Mm -hmm. is the place where you woke that guy up in the middle of the night. There are a number of dorms that kind of follow down this hallway on the right and left-hand side of the wall. The hallway is empty at this point. There is a rug that is lining the hallway going all the way down, and there are torches that are spread about every 15, 20 feet that allow for some light within the room. But as best you can tell, you're the only one that's there. just going to tent my fingers a little bit and be like... This is perfect. And try and stealthily make my way through the dorms and out without being seen. Okay. So you're making your way down the hallway. At the end of the hallway, there is a door. And you know that this door opens up into another large room where people frequently have to pass through as it's kind of a central room in the garrison that divides into a number of different wings of this facility. You know that if you were to go through this door and into this room, on the other side of that room there would be a door that would follow a hallway down to Jen's office. But you do know that other people use this area. Um, Does the door have a window at all? Can I see through to see if there's anybody out there? There is no window on that door. Or can I, like, crack the door open a little bit and just peek out? Sure. Do a stealth check. Will do. That's a dirty 20. Ooh, nice. All right, so you crack open this door and you kind of peek inside. You... Do not make a sound. It is silent as a whisper. And again, you open into this large room. There are a number of tables for people kind of sitting or congregating around if they want to use this area during their free time. You can also see that there is a very large fireplace. It's about mm, 30 feet down the room on the other side. And there are a number of chairs that are kind of sitting in front of it. Could I have you roll a perception check? Okay. (laughs) Five. So you can't see much in this room, though you can tell that there is a pretty large fire that is still blazing, and it seems that someone has been tending to it, but you can't see anyone in this room, and it might be because there are shadows everywhere, and that's partly being caused by the fireplace that's there. Okay. How many feet across is it to, say, the door that would lead towards where Jen's office is? I'd say it's about 20 feet. Okay. You also know from your experience that there's nothing in between where you are at your door and the next one. There's no tables or anything. There seems to be a clearing as this is the far end of that room. Okay. And obviously, I remember what's on the opposite side of the door that leads to Jen's because we've walked there multiple times now. You remember that as a hallway that is actually very similar to the hallway that goes through the dorms. Okay. I want to misty step to the opposite side of the door that I am trying to get to. Completely bypassing this room? Yeah, just completely bypassing it. I can do 30 feet, and if it's 20 feet across, I'm assuming the door is not a foot thick. Sure, of course. Is that a cantrip? That is actually a free spell for me, but it's under my second level, so I could still roll wild magic either way. It's part of a feat 
Okay. I'll say that Misty Step was successful. You managed to kind of take a step forward into the door in front of you. You kind of quietly shut it before you did this. Mm -hmm. And you pass right through the door and you pop out on the other side of the door. Could you roll a d20, please? Of course. 14. Okay. Nothing happens. The spell goes off without a hitch. You're now on the other side of that door and you can see that, again, you are by yourself. Perfect. I'm just going to keep trucking. Use my movement to get there. All right. So you continue down the hallway. It takes a sharp 90 degree right turn. And do you want to do anything at that corner or do you want to keep passing down the hallway? Um, Let's brace up against the corner and see if I can like peer around. All right. I should probably take my hat off first because that'll give me away. <laughs> oh, without his hat? And then, yeah, I'll peek around the corner. You take your hat off. You peek around the corner. Roll another stealth check. Okay. 17. This is a shadow. Okay, all right. So you peek around the corner, and you see at the end of this very short corridor is the door to Jen's office. You can also see that there is a guard that's kind of leaning his back against the wall in front of it. Okay. Uh, let's use a sorcery point so that I can subtly cast the spell sleep on this person. Ooh, very nice. I like that. Me too. <laughs> can you read to me what sleep does? Sure can. Okay, so this spell sends creatures into a magical slumber. I get to roll 7d8, and the total is how many hit points of creatures that are affected by the spell. The creature with the lowest hit points falls asleep first, and so on and so forth, until the, the number is run out. All right, so roll your 7d8. Yeah, haven't had to do this since, like, episode 2. 28. <laughs> He's going to be sleeping until next week. This guard slumps to the ground. So they were already resting against the wall in front of you, and they just kind of continue to relax into the rest of the door, and then they slide down, their spear juts into the corner where the wall meets, mm -hmm. and then they're passed out, as best you can tell. Okay, so I'll scurry on down to the end of the hall. Do I know this guard at all? Uh, roll a perception check. Okay. I'm really hoping that I don't. <laughs> Two. <laughs> You don't know this guard. All right, perfect. I'd like to uh, pick his pockets, uh, A, to see if he's got any keys, and B, any coin that he might have on him. <laughs> okay, roll a sleight of hand check. All right, here we go. Don't fail me, please. 18. Yes. <laughs> okay, all right, well done. All right, so you reach through his pockets. So this is a guard, and wearing a guard uniform like anybody else at the facility. And uh, you know that he has a belt on that goes over top of his tabard. And on that belt is usually a coin purse with other guards. Mm -hmm. And you can see that this guy has his coin purse right there in front of him. And you just kind of pluck that coin purse right off of him. And you have a coin purse in your hand now. Cool. Just going to tuck that in my coat. Okay. Also, with sleep, I, I needed to roll another d20, eh? Uh, yes, you did. So roll a, another d20 for wild magic surge. Seven. All right, you're okay. Nothing happens. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> that could have been interesting. Um, did he have any keys on him at all? Uh, looking around his belt, you can see that he does have a number of keys. Okay, I'll snag those just to see if the door he was guarding is locked or not. Okay. And yeah, I'll try the door first very subtly. And if it's locked, then I'll just use the keys. Okay. The door is locked. Okay. I'll slowly like go one by one through the key ring until I find the right one. All right. So going through the keys, you eventually do find one that matches that lock pretty well. You turn it, the door opens, the room is black. Okay, perfect. 
are Captain Jen's sleeping quarters part of this room, or is this just her office? This is just, as best you can tell, Captain Jen's office. You've never seen another door that enters into this room, and you don't necessarily know where Captain Jen sleeps. Okay, that's that's fine. Um, I'll make my way up to her desk. Can I see anything through the darkness, like with a, whatever light's coming from the hall? Or No, it's pitch black in here. You can't see anything. Okay. Do I want to cast light? No. So I'll just muscle memory try and make my way up to her desk. Okay. Could I have you roll a dexterity saving throw? Okay. Tripping over everything. <laughs> 15. So using your muscle memory and what you've experienced in this room before, you know that there are going to be a number of chairs that are sitting in front of the desk. There's usually about two or three of them, sometimes two. It kind of switches from time to time. Mm -hmm. But you know that they're going to be there. So you kind of stealthily move around them, stepping around, and you've made your way up to the chair side of the desk. So not the side that Jen usually sits at, but usually the side that her counters will sit at. Okay. Can I feel around on the desk for pens or if she's left a dagger out or something? Uh, sure. You know that she usually has a tray of writing implements that are on her desk. You can try and feel around for that if you'd like. Yes. I'm going to have you make another perception check just to see if you can kind of move around your hands on the field without touching anything or doing anything you don't want to. It's a big old four. Okay, so you were not able to kind of figure out where her pens are. You're reaching around on the desk, and unfortunately, you're kind of knocking things over as you do that. There are a number of papers that are ruffled that you're pushing through as you reach around for writing implements. You do eventually actually find where the pens are. But you've made a little bit of a mess on her desk. You know what? That might actually work. And I'm going to take the letter out of my coat and unfold it as best I can in the dark. And then I'm going to stab the pen through it onto her desk as hard as possible so it's pinned there. <laughs> and then leave the room. Okay. Do you close the door behind you? No. Okay. And you continue walking away? Yep. Uh, and you make your way back to your dorm then? Nothing else you have planned? I'm going to crawl right back into bed. Totally unseen. So you pass your way through the door and through the corridor leading to Jen's office. The guard is still sleeping at his post. And you come back to that room that's dividing Jen's office corridor from the hallway for the dorms. Mm -hmm. What do you do? I'm going to walk through it confidently. Just open the door and just walk straight on through. Maybe, maybe look like I'm stumbling a bit because maybe they heard that three of the other guards were brought in drunk. So you've kind of thrown stealth to the wind at this point? Yeah, yeah. You open the door and you enter into this dividing room. Just like before, you know that there's going to be a fireplace that's partway down through the wall. Only this time you are now entering through the side of the room that you are on and the fireplace would be on. It's at this point you walk through the door all confidently that a figure stands up from in front of the fireplace and they turn back to you and they say, Hey, uh, who, who's there? Oh, it's, it, it's just me. I'm, I'm making my way back from the bathrooms. Mordecai, is that you? Um, well, good morning, I suppose. Uh, the bathrooms aren't out here. You know that they're in the dorm room. It what? Should have just been a step away from you. What? No. Uh, make a deception check, actually. This seems like a more fair way to handle this. <laughs> oh, 100% trying to deceive him, so... <laughs> 21. Mischief managed. <laughs> the guard rolled a 14. Um, all right, yeah. You have another late night out, I guess? Oh, man, you missed such a good time at the... 
Husky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to catch up with you guys afterwards. Um, Yeah, uh, just head back to bed. I was actually given some pretty weird orders by one of the new lieutenants here. Um, Yeah, just kind of stick to the dorms for now, bud. All right. Good night, Phil. Jim, I'm sorry. I'm. But which way? It's straight, Mordecai. And he just, like, sticks out a big thumbs up and walks off. Okay, so you make your way back to the door that's leading into the dorms. You enter down the hallway. Again, it's empty. You make your way back to your dorm room. And you tuck yourself back into bed. Giovanni, you're waking up. And you're not waking up in your room. It's almost like you're not sitting up from a sleep. You are just, you closed your eyes to sleep, and now your eyes have blinked, and you're standing. You're standing by a well. You're standing by a well at the center of several different roads, all kind of leading in different directions. There are kind of shrubs broken down at each of these corners, and you can see that there is a large derelict building just behind you, and you're surrounded in each of those sections by fields of wheat. Off in the distance on one of the hills, you can see a figure. They seem to be running very quickly, very fast. What do you do? Am I uh, naked, or do I have equipment? You seem to have your normal equipment. You have your shield, you have your sword, you're even wearing your armor, which makes this experience all the more bizarre because the last thing you remember, you were lying naked in a bed, not standing up, ready to go out for the day. Do I know, like, am I aware enough to know that this is a dream or am I? would I be able to confuse this with reality? Roll a wisdom saving throw. My rolls have uh, left something to be desired <laughs> this evening, but you never know. Maybe this will be the one. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. 14. You can tell that this is not right. You didn't go to sleep here. You didn't wake up here. You don't know how you got to this spot, but something is off here. And even as you look around the world, there are areas that should be clear to you that are just kind of fuzzy and blurry. They're not well defined. There's not high resolution. Not 4K. And as you look at these areas... It almost is like your attention is pulling away from them, as though something is pulling you away from looking at the inaccuracies of the world around you. Ah, this must be some sort of dream. Ah, I draw my sword and prepare to face the thing that uh, is charging towards me. You look down and you see that this figure that was running through the field is now kind of running onto a path that seems to be separating two of the fields, a path that is leading straight to you. Ooh. The figure continues to approach you. Are you just sitting there preparing yourself for it? I call out to the figure. Sure. Okay. What do you say? Who art thou? (laughs) Val, it's at this point that we return back to you. And you're running through the fields, and you've now made your way onto a path, continuing to chase that dark spot in the wheat as it surged ahead of you. 
You weren't able to immediately catch up to it as as you were running towards it, it almost sped up and how it was trying to get further and further away from you. It almost was like you were on a hunt now, chasing after it. And as you have made your way onto this path, you see in front of you another figure. This road leads to the center of something, and you can see that there is a well at the center of where this road and other roads seem to meet. And standing at that well is a figure, <laughs> and they're calling out to you. Jill, is that is that you? Well, uh, not one of these dreams again. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a serious vision, man. I've <laughs> Are we caught up to each other at this point? Okay, all right. We rec- recognize each other, and he's not going to try and cut me to blazes, or... I don't know. That's up to Giovanni. Maybe he doesn't believe that you are who you say you are. Uh-oh. Let's not get in a... Let's not get in a Maybe dream. he thinks this is a dream. <laughs> Maybe the dreams that he frequently has is of killing you. We're, we're not sure. I think you're speaking... Uh, you're, you're assuming a lot of things about Giovanni that are probably not true. <laughs> I'm not Maybe I'm not Val assuming is... anything. I'm just saying we have no idea what dreams Giovanni has of Val. That's true. Let's just say if he's dreaming about Val, it's not in a murdery way, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Flattered. Can I, can I just like, like even like just like reach out, touch his shoulder, like just like make sure he's like like Sure, hold his hand. Whatever, sure. Like just make sure he's there, like Yeah, of course. You know what? I'll have each of you make insight checks. Ah, uh, insight. Not my strongest uh, ability. Oh, 14, though. Pretty solid. That's a 20 for me. Both of you are looking at each other now, and you see that while the rest of the world around you seems to be almost kind of vague in places, seems to pull your attention away from it in places, Val, that momentum of not you moving through the world, but the world moving around you, it doesn't seem to apply here. It doesn't seem like Giovanni is part of that. In fact, as best you can tell about each other, you are the real, living, breathing versions of yourself standing in front of each other. Val, how did you get here? How did I get here? Uh, I'm not too sure about you. I came through this uh, door and there's this really uh, ripped naked elf dude uh, pointed me over here. I I was chasing some foul, scourged wheat, Joe. I was trying to vanquish some some evil, but I seem to have lost track of it. I like the sound of that. Say, what's this building over here? Indeed. Uh, Could I have each of you roll perception checks? Yeah. (laughs) Two. I'll do the perceiving for both of us, Geo. Six. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Lord. That's a natural one. Yes, right. Yeah, natural one plus, yeah, big fail. As best you can tell, this is a building, maybe, in front of you. You're not quite sure. The casual observer might describe this building as ruined and destroyed. But as best as you guys can tell, you would be happy to move into it after a wedding night. It looks like a real nice place to stay. All right, just charging right in then. <laughs> Got to play with the rules. Before you get a chance to move into the room, a figure moves out from it. Hell no. It is very dark in there, and you can't see exactly what's going on inside. And almost as though it's materializing just in front of the door as it steps out from the blackness is a figure. In front of you, Giovanni, as you start to move towards the door, you see them first, is a figure that's decked out in very dark, very scary-looking armor. There are sharp edges all along it, and it's wearing a helm, and it has a shield and a sword, and it raises its visor. It looks at you, Giovanni, 
and you recognize this person here. And they say, Well, 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 what do we have here? Got a couple of guests. As you look back at the face of yourself, only it's not you, it's Slash. Oh, Lord. Lord. for listening to our podcast the next part will be coming out next wednesday if you're interested in hearing more about us please follow us on facebook instagram twitter anchor or patreon as late and legends a special thanks to our patrons this week al kate ethan and paula if you're like these very special people and want to support our podcast join us over on patreon we'd love your help with that we'll see you next week we